I did not expect to see how Dinner Church would energize the people doing it. Listen, this is hard work. You're working with difficult, sore neighborhoods. Um, it's different. People are going to always be questioning legitimacy. But what I found is that the people that go all in are literally energized by this new experience. Dinner Church is a simple and powerful approach to church where food, friendship, and the stories of Jesus are shared around a dinner table. New Dinner Church congregations are starting all over North America. The Dinner Church podcast is creating a space for conversation with Dinner Church pastors, leaders who are already a part of what God is doing through Dinner Church in North America. I'm Heather and I love Dinner Church. Although I serve at a thriving church, I felt the tug to get out of the regular Sunday morning routine to bring the good news of Jesus' kingdom to new places. Dinner Church has been a revolutionary experience for me, my team, and for our congregation. And I want you to get a glimpse of what is happening in this inspiring movement. Join us as we listen in and learn more about how to launch and lead a dinner church. Today on Dinner Church Podcast, we spend some time speaking with Al Yano and Carl Bauschbees of the Ohio Ministry Network. Together with Verlin Fosner and Fresh Expressions North America, Carl and Al launched a Dinner Church initiative in the state of Ohio, which resulted in the formation of more than 20 new dinner churches. Listen in as we talk about the philosophy behind this initiative, the steps that they've taken, and the fruit that has come from the initiative itself. Well, welcome to the Dinner Church Podcast, everyone. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Al Yano and Carl Bauschbees. Hopefully, I said that correctly. They are both with the Ohio Church Multiplication Network, and specifically, they're here today to talk about the Dinner Church Initiative and how that started and where it's going in Ohio. So welcome, Al. Welcome, Carl. It's great to be with you today. Thank you Yes. We wish we could be with you physically in Florida, but... (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. It's been deadly, deadly hot here. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm ready to to take off to cooler places for sure. Well, let's just kind of jump in here. And let me ask each one of you, I, from a personal standpoint, from a church planting standpoint, what exactly is it that led you to engage in the dinner church movement as a strategy for church multiplication? Um, why don't we start with you, Al? Yeah, let's do a big flyover here. So, you know, I'm, we're over planting churches all around the state of Ohio, and uh, we, we've set it a goal that we believe God led us in the next 10 years, challenged us to plant a thousand churches across the state, which is a God-sized major miracle need. But what it did for me is it brought me to this point of holy desperation of where, where are churches needed? Where's the gospel needed? And people say all the time, well, we don't need another church. We've got plenty of churches. And I keep <laughs> asking the question back, well, are there lost people in your city? Right. And perhaps they're not going to go to a traditional church. Those are the people that God wants us to reach. And so in, in our thinking, you know, we, we made this shift into when we plant churches, what we're really doing is planting the gospel. And we need to be strategically thinking about where are people who are unchurched, unreached, in our state. And yeah. the dinner church movement has always kind of spurred me up for two reasons. Number one, it involves my favorite things like 
food, <laughs> Jesus, and people. That's four things. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. But the second thing is it's like it's a such a wonderful tool to reach people in third spaces that will never walk into a church doors. And we got so excited about I love the phrase fresh expressions of the gospel that we in Ohio began to go after people that we thought would be willing to do a new thing to reach lost people and let the church evolve in the way it needs to evolve through a New Testament model. So that's the flyover. All right. But I like it. Carl and I have been together for a long time working in the inner city of Youngstown, Ohio, for 20-some years or whatever, planted a church, did inner city ministry. And so we're always thinking about new ways of reaching lost people. And I'll let him tell his story real quick. Cool. Thanks. Uh, My story starts in Wisconsin. I was pastoring a small church in a very small rural community, and I was doing my annual church report at uh, for 2017, and I was checking off the boxes. We grew by a person and a half that year. Our finances were in good shape, but when it came to salvations and baptisms, it was a big zero. And we had done everything that we were told to do or thought to do to reach our community, and nothing was working. And so one day, my Wisconsin church multiplication uh, director called me just to see what's going on. And I told him that story, and he said, have you ever heard of dinner church? Ah. And I said, no, but it has two of my favorite words together, dinner and church. (laughs) And he told me about uh, Verlin's book, and I, I got it. And I had one of those light bulb moments that this is it. And I took it to my uh, board board of my church. We read through the book. We prayed. And we all decided this was it. And then took our church through it. And we had complete uh, complete church buy-in. Wow. And so I need to say that our community, we, we, we called our ministry area our school district, which was 1,200 people. Not 1,200 oh. students, 1,200 right. people. Yeah, and so we we opened ours up in February of 2019. The first day we had it, we had 26 people. Uh, the second day we had it was about 45, then 60 after that. Before long, uh, six months, we had 125 people coming to dinner. Wow! And wow. so I told my church that it officially makes us a mega church. <laughs> better than 10% of our community. And I'll guarantee you that megachurch guys aren't doing that. That's right. But uh, it continued on and then COVID. And yeah. so my team came to me and said that they wanted to do something special. What do you want to do? She goes, we want to have it every week. Up to this point, we've been doing it every other, every other week. We want to do it every week. And we want to do it for carry out and delivery. Ah. Okay. So that's what we'll do. So every week during the uh, pandemic, we prepare to carry out meal. We put a Jesus story on a piece of paper and attach it to the boxes. Mm. And we wound up delivering more than 300 a week Wow! to, uh, to our community. And then uh-huh. things got back to normal. We launched two more dinner churches uh, in our area, one specifically for young people, another in a village down, uh, down the street from us. And that's that's where I was when this guy over here called me and said, would you consider coming back to Ohio and helping do that there? And so here we are. Here you are. 
<laughs> yeah, I love it, Carl. Our stories are so parallel. I just, you know, even down to the numbers and whatnot. So I just, I just love to hear the story from someone else's perspective. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you decided to go whole hog and um, begin the Dinner Church Initiative in the state of Ohio. So tell me what that looked like from the beginning and kind of walking through it. Who were your permission givers? What kind of resources did you decide on on giving to the churches that were willing to give this a shot? Go ahead, share with us. Yeah, I'll start that conversation by obviously my first phone call was to reach out to Verlin Fosner and Melanie and uh, say, hey, we're very interested. And so we flew him in and had him meet with our whole presbytery across the state. And I selected about, I think, 20 or 30 pastors that were in communities that their church had plateaued and maybe they just needed a fresh, you know, expression of their church, or they were these apostolic type of leaders and they want to find new ways to reach lost people. He spoke to that whole group and there was really good buy-in. And and then he presented us with that, his model of like, you know, doing the dinner church encounter training, and then you do the right. pre-launch and the post-launch. And we said, let's go for it. And and then we kind of worked out, asked other networks how they would support it. And so we worked out a system where um, we would pay half of the training and, and also give $6,000 scholarships uh, or grants for churches that were willing right. to do a regular dinner church. Mm-hmm. And they had to meet some standards. It, you know, it right. needed to really be about permanency. It needed to be about making disciples and having a sustainable vision. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, Did you have a goal, a specific vision or goal in mind for, say, how many dinner churches, how many churches would be on board with this? Yeah, yeah. I had a goal. Um, I think it was like our goal was 20 churches the first year. And Carl keeps pushing me. Berlin and. and so, like, I think the first year officially we had 12 or 13. Um, that sounds about right. But we also had people that had launched in different stages. So we probably could have right. had 22. Yeah. And um, so we're, we're aiming for this goal of about 20 dinner churches a year. But I think we really need to get up to how many. Well, if we want to meet a goal for Ohio for Jesus, which is our statewide yeah. initiative, initiative, it's uh, 33 a year. 33, yeah. To, uh, wow. to do that, to do our part. Right. All right. So, Carl, tell me what your role in all of this has been. Well, um, when I got here, my role was to, uh, number one, be a major cheerleader. And then to uh, talk to pe- talk to people or churches who want to who want to ca- go forward mm-hmm. and, and um, help train them. We we use a lot of, uh, of Verlin's stuff to do that. Other things that we have developed on our own from our experience, and uh, we get them trained, we get them going through the process, and then we're their major cheerleader uh, once they decide to launch. Right. You now, I, I will say, and something that uh, that I want to add with what Al said was these are real; these are churches. These Absolutely. aren't just outreaches. And so, in Ohio, they will be chartered as regular churches. So yeah. that's where those higher standards and whatnot come in. Right. These aren't just outreaches. They're not meals. They are actually Ohio chartered churches. I love this. 
Yeah, right. And you know, the cool thing about it is um, that there's different dynamics. And you probably noticed like a dinner church in a rural community, mm. you know, maybe running out of a, a what is it? American F- Legion. American Legion Hall. Right. Then we have uh, dinner churches in urban communities. We have one dinner church yep. that meets under the bridge, literally with oh. homeless people. And this, they are killing it. We're talking 300 people a yep. week. And, but they don't just do dinner church. They preach, they disciple, mm. they bring all these community resources out every single week. So people can get their hair cut. They can get baptized, they, you know, just all kinds of, they even help them find permanent places to live. Wow. And so Sounds like a place I want to visit. <laughs> oh, you got to visit. It's in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Huh. That dinner church now has three sites. Wow. And uh, one under the bridge and two in the inner city. And they provide shower services and a lot of other stuff. But that's their church. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody needs church, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so speak to me um, about some of the challenges that you have faced. Okay. I guess I'll share one or two and then you okay. probably know too. <laughs> the other the other thing Carl's doing, though, I forgot to add this, is he's creating a a, a a vision to bring interest to more churches. So we're putting together a strategy by which we can have more churches involved with interest meetings and stuff along with the trainings. And then we're working on a cohort where we'll run a cohort on a monthly basis with dinner churches. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want Verlin to be a part of that, but Carl will be directing it. All right. And so there's like, there's a big coaching piece to that. Yeah, there's a coaching yeah. piece to it. Right, right, right. Good. So Good. I can't remember your last question because I got lost. I wanted to know about some challenges. <laughs> First of all, our memory, both of us. No. That's right. My biggest challenge is my memory. <laughs> the biggest challenge from a network standpoint where I'm, I'm with the Assemblies of God is to help our pastors think differently about church. And Verlin just does such a great job. Yeah. Um, but I look in people's eyes, even as Verlin's talking, he has more rapport than any of us. And some of these guys that have been in ministry for years, their eyes are glazed over because they just can't picture church. They, I think they truly right. believe the way we do church in America is the way it's been done since the New Testament. Right. Yeah, well, we have to do a little schooling, don't we? Yeah, getting that buy has been the biggest challenge. And then yeah. they want to say things like, well, that can't be legitimate church. That's got to be a uh, uh, an outreach because it's not sustainable financially and this and that. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. was the New Testament church, is that how they measure church? Right. You know, and so it's getting the buy-in, I think, is the greatest yeah. challenge. Uh, I would say the, the other challenge is just simply... Um, getting enough people, you know, Mm -hmm. to serve at these dinner churches. So it will be sustainable. And I think the third challenge from my standpoint that we are going to be all in on is how to make disciples who make disciples of Jesus. Right. Right. Um, The one that comes to mind for me is that we have what? 18 counties, 19 19 counties in Ohio that do not have an assemblies of God church. Really, and and in our opinion, dinner church is perfect. Yes, to go into those places, Um, some of them are very hard places, Mm. and getting people to go to those hard places is uh, is is a heartbreaking one for me. Yeah, yeah, and so 
I think we just have to pray for the right people. God send us those people that are willing, you know, to get out of their comfort zone and and go and just love in the name of Jesus. Um, So what has been surprising to you in all of this? Great. That's a great question. (laughs) If I tell you what's surprising, you're going to think I'm, I have little faith, but kind of what surprised me, I did not expect to see how dinner church would energize the people doing it. I, right. I guess I may have thought at first, listen, this is hard work. You're working with difficult, sore neighborhoods. Um, it's different. People are going to always be questioning legitimacy. I thought that would happen. But what I found is that the people that go all in yeah. are literally energized by this new experience. Tell them about the church in Galleon, start and oh. maybe the other church too. And, Gomer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two churches that we have that uh, one is Gomer, Ohio, which is nothing more than a wide spot in the road. Uh-huh. 217 people in the village and two lay people from a church that a church they go to uh, heard about dinner church and they were just so excited they couldn't stand themselves. And they went to uh, Gomer and started a dinner church there that meets in a three season pavilion. And um, they got it started, and now they're reaching, last I heard, 26, 27 people oh. every time they open the door. So, again, another mega church. Another, another mega church, right. She's, she's talking about wanting to do another one. Yeah, well, they're talking about two more. Yeah, that's what happens, right? Yeah, yes, they want yes. to go to the village next door, and then they want to go to a uh, campground and uh, minister to people during um, you know, tourist season. Yeah. So you have that one. We have another one in Galleon, Ohio, that the pastor got with us and started up there. And it was a small church in a small, uh, small community. And they launched theirs in the American Legion Hall. Mm. And he wrote me last week, and they're they're now up to 146 people coming to dinner. The best story out of there is uh, the the uh, hall is right next to the Legion Bar. And so they were doing their first uh, first dinner, and one of the guys from the bar comes in and sees what's going on, and, and the pastor tells him, and this guy goes back in the bar and screams, all right, you heathens, get out here and have dinner. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was been, that's been going great guns. Good, good. Yeah. So it, it sounds to me, Carl, especially that like you are just living in your sweet spot with dinner. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. yes the only one thing about Carl, he can't cook. So dinner church is like he has to speak by faith on the food piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't cook either. So but that's not a problem when we have a team. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And um, so. Al, you kind of alluded to how the people that serve in the dinner churches experience some transformation themselves. And I always say that, you know, when I'm talking about how people's lives are transformed through dinner church, that my life itself has been the biggest transformation. So I would love to hear from each one of you. I think there's power in storytelling and giving examples of the things that we see God doing in dinner churches. So would each one of you kind of take a turn at just give us an example of a, a transformation story that you've witnessed through the dinner church movement? All right. I've actually got two, if I can, real quick. You can. You can. In, uh, in my little village back in Wisconsin, 
Uh, all we had was a bank, a post office, a couple of bars, a garage, and a convenience store outside of town that served, you know, breakfast sandwiches and you know, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So uh, every Sunday morning, I would stop there before I went to get things going at the church, and I'd get myself a sandwich and something to drink. And there were three guys that were always sitting there, three retired farmers, and they're just sitting grousing about the Packers or the Brewers or the Badgers or farm prices or whatever. Same three guys you see in every McDonald's every Monday morning all over the uh, the country. Uh-huh. But I would invite them to things at church, invite them to um, special events. Never. Not, not a chance. Not happening. Nope. But um, we started doing the dinners, and the second dinner that we had, those three guys were sitting there, mm. and they were regular attenders every time we opened the door. Now, I wish I could say that uh, they fell to their knees in repentance or something like that, but not that I know of. But the thing is, they were there. They were hearing the Word of God every week. They were, <laughs> they, they were lonely old guys. They had community. It was great to see. Yes. Um, The second story was we had a family that came to the dinners from day one, Uh, a mother, a daughter and a son who was severely developmentally delayed. Mm. And I I would go to talk to them and greet them. And they always spoke to me in monosyllables. Hi, how you doing? Good. What's up? (laughs) You know, know, so that went on for about two years. And finally, the daughter goes to one of the ladies uh, as part of the church and tells them that she has cancer and would they pray for her. And of course they said, absolutely. And then she says, I need pastor to pray for me. So she, I, I, I searched her out and found her and I prayed for her. And the change was utterly miraculous. Um, I'm not saying she was miraculously healed, but the change in her. And right. so it, she's telling me she's keeping us up to date of everything that's going on. She comes to me and says, okay, I'm having surgery on this day. And I want you to be there before I go into surgery and pray for me then. Then I want you to stay there. And I want you to tell the story about Jesus to all of my family. Then uh, I want you to be there when I come out and pray for me and, and, and so on and so on. And she's just excited. And unfortunately, COVID hit mm-hmm. and, and we didn't get to do any of those things. Right. But yeah. just seeing the change in her, she came to she came to follow Jesus. It was just amazing. And it was nothing more than hearing the word of God and consistency and just yeah. loving her. Yeah. So those two in my it stick out in my mind. The Dinner Church Collective is a nationwide community of everyday missionaries spreading the word about this simple, effective, and historical approach to starting new churches. We sure hope you'll join us for the Dinner Church Summit November 9th through the 11th, 2023, in Orlando, Florida. This will be the inaugural gathering of the Dinner Church Collective, and it's your opportunity to be a part of developing a family of pioneers passionate about recapturing this powerful expression of God's kingdom. You will meet colleagues who become friends, you will eat really well, you'll worship heartily, and you'll learn tangible practices for building a dinner church movement. Learn more at dinnerchurch.com slash summit. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. You know, people, they think they're coming for a free meal. (laughs) Yeah. 
And God just has a way of showing them so much more than what's on their plate in front of them. So, all right, Al, let's hear from you. Wow. There's so many that I could tell. Uh, I, I think I didn't tell this one yet of the family up in Cleveland who they were coming to one of our dinner churches. And this was an early adopter dinner church. And, uh, the lady was coming and then she brought her husband and the whole family was Jewish and uh, they didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. But every time that Jesus story was told, it just kept breaking, breaking the foundations to the uh-huh. point where that entire family gave their heart to Jesus. And they call that dinner church, their church, and they come to serve now. And they're right in the, right in the mix there, got baptized. And, and uh, I think that pastor baptized 14 people the Somebody first time he did a baptism. Wow. That, that was so exciting. Of course, the other thing is the dinner church I told you about under the bridge. How, you know, they got 300 and some people coming every single week and they're seeing people delivered. They're seeing people healed, whole, um, getting baptized, finding places to live and now living and getting off the streets, getting jobs. And then they come back and they serve. And, and the pastor of that dinner church uh, is now the guy who is now the pastor of that dinner church was saved off the streets a mm-hmm. couple of years ago as a drug addict mm-hmm. and has been delivered and healed and made whole and trained up by the dinner church founding pastors. And now he's pastoring that church. Yeah. And no one better to be yeah. pastoring that church. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so we just love this. It just brings life. You know, it's bringing life in suburbans areas in urban areas in rural areas and uh god's doing a new thing so i thank god for connecting with dinner church absolutely absolutely right so is there a long-term goal that you're striving for yeah i mean the long-term goal i guess it's also short term is we want to target 19 counties in ohio that have no expression of an assembly of God church and hope that we can get a dinner church in every one of them. Um, but I, I think the, the long-term goal, we have 88 counties in Ohio. We'd like to see at least a dinner church in every single County. Yeah. Um, we would like to see every assembly of God church, 200. I think there's 300 now in Ohio. Every one of them can start a fresh expression dinner church in a new mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. and raise people up to lead that and multiply. So we just want to see long-term multiplication of disciples of Jesus, of faithful followers that become leaders, mm-hmm. and of churches and dinner churches. Yeah, excellent. That's so exciting to hear. Um, and imagine that the only expression of Assemblies of God churches are a dinner church. So <laughs> in some places, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so, Carl, I know that you face um, some pushback from even pastors. Al alluded to that earlier. Um, so what is it that you're saying to these pastors about this being a form of church and not just more work for the pastor? Basically, that, as you said, it, it is actually church. And I talked to them about why it is church. But and just tell them you can reach people that you that will never come in your church on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. and that the work isn't done till every one of those people get a chance to hear about Jesus. And right. we can do it. We can do it easily. We can do it inexpensively. And you can get people involved in, from your church that you never would have thought would do it. 
Exactly. And so that's that's basically the message. It's possible. I, I pastored a church of 40, 45 people if they all came at the same time. And we did three of them. So you can do you can do it. Cool. So I imagine, like in Florida, some of these dinner churches are being led by lay leaders, uh, people who are not necessarily ordained ministers. Is, yep. that, is, is that true? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But they all um, have a pastoral covering. Right. Right. Exactly. Good. And so you're seeing weddings, you're seeing funerals, you're seeing baptisms. I know I heard you already refer to baptisms. Um, and so how do you kind of navigate that? Some of those sacramental practices in the dinner church. Yeah. And I was, and you can add to this too, but I would first start by saying, uh, and I want to add another model is we're now, you know, developing how does dinner church fit into the micro church model? Yeah. And it fits amazingly. You know, they met house to house and in the temple's court. So we got people doing dinner churches in their home with 10 people, you know, and it's pretty cool what goes on there. But what we had to do in Ohio is define a church, like biblically define a church, Mm -hmm. not not American, Western define it. What does the Bible say? And we kind of took Acts 2, 42 through 47, and we brought it into what we would call an ecclesiastical minimum that every church was doing three, three basic things. They were, they were participating in worship and developing their relationship with God. There was com- spiritual, deep spiritual koinonia and mm-hmm. community going on, and they were helping and meeting and caring for each other. And then there was the mission of Jesus being accomplished. They were preaching the gospel. They were reaching lost people. They were taking care of people that were what we would call the— um, vulnerable people of society, the forgotten people. And that's really what we would call a minimum, ecclesiastical minimum of what a church is. Mm-hmm. Dinner church does all of that. It sure and does. So when pastors want to kind of argue, I'll just take them through the through those three steps on their own. I'll say, well, what are you doing in these three areas? Yeah. And uh, so you do what you do. And dinner churches are all targeting those same three areas. Right. So, yeah. And so really what we're asking people to do is kind of go backwards to the past and, uh, you know, and um, so we, and we talked a little bit about before, I think we were even recording, we were talking about how many dinner churches you have. And you said, well, we have some at different stages, which is the same thing for us here. So tell me um, what some of those signs are that, that, that show that church is actually forming. Well, like you said, you said some of Heather, some of those sacramental areas where mm-hmm. they, they are celebrating the Lord's uh, Supper, they are uh, baptizing, that they are for us um, at supporting missions in some way, whether they support a missionary or somehow uh, they support um, things like that. As we see them begin to grow into those types of things, rather than being a, just being a meal where we talk about Jesus, which that's plenty all by itself. But right. as, they, as they mature into those other things, then we're seeing that's when they we would consider them to be a, I hate to say it like this, but to be, to be a church. Yeah. According to Ohio standards. And that's when they can be chartered as Assemblies of God churches in Ohio. Good. Well, I'm so excited for you all. and. 
and what what you've been able to do and what you continue to do and also the future of that. Um, and so just one kind of technical question. I know that you said there's support for these churches with training, but then also this grant to get them started. And so what is the plan for that going forward? Does that is that a, an ongoing grant or are you working to get them to be self-sustaining from their own churches or how's that working out? Yeah, so the, the grant is to get them started. It's a it's a one-time grant for that church to get them going. Um and you know, overall in church planting, one of the things we challenge church plants to do is to pay it forward. Right. And so even as like my wife and I have started a church and even as we started that church from the very beginning, we want to pay it forward and invest in new church planting. Mm, good. So, Part of the part of the plan long term would be to see the dinner churches do the same. Like you received this grant. All right. Give towards our dinner church or our Ohio Church multiplication uh pot so we can invest in new in new dinner churches. So we want to give a one-time grant to every dinner church that starts in Ohio. Um, we want to provide coaching and training and support around that to where they would really feel like they're not doing this alone. But mm-hmm. they're being not just cheer, cheered for, but they're being supported. Awesome. Yeah, that is really, really good stuff, you guys. And I am so appreciative of this conversation today. Um, it's been I've learned some things myself, and it feels good to know that there are people out there that are thinking similarly. Yeah. <laughs> to me, Carl and I actually met at Verlin's home years yeah. ago. So yeah. uh, this has been a, a really fun reunion for me. Um, But I want to thank you guys again and just know that I'll be praying for you as you continue moving forward in this dinner church movement. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Good seeing you. Yeah, you too. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening today. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your dinner church story. You can connect with us over at dinnerchurch.com. It's also where you can find a lot of great resources about how to start or sustain your dinner church journey. Dinner Church Podcast is brought to you by the Dinner Church Collective and Fresh Expressions. The Dinner Church Collective is a nationwide community of everyday missionaries spreading the word about this simple, effective, and historical approach to starting new churches. We sure hope you'll join us for the Dinner Church Summit November 9th through the 11th, 2023 in Orlando, Florida. This will be the inaugural gathering of the Dinner Church Collective, and it's your opportunity to be a part of developing a family of pioneers who are passionate about recapturing this powerful expression of God's kingdom. You will meet new colleagues who become friends, all while eating well, worshiping heartily, and learning tangible practices for building a Dinner Church movement. Learn more at dinnerchurch.com summit. This season of the Dinner Church Podcast is hosted by Heather Evans and J.D. Larson. It's edited by Joel Limbowen and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Dr. Verlin Fosner is the director of Dinner Church Collective, and Dr. Chris Backert is the North American director of Fresh Expressions. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and even share this episode on social media. May God bless you as you serve Jesus's kingdom.